Guys, this is the season finale of season seven. Let's go. Things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, guys? Chadi here. We are in season seven's finale that's right we're in the season finale i don't know i don't know how that happened uh but we have been talking about how to war well what does it look like when you're in a warring season i recently turned 40 and felt the transition like i felt the transition into uh from a wilderness 40 years to potentially a promised land type scenario i felt it i felt it in my bones and i was like sweet jesus i'm in a promised land season and then he quickly reminded me that all of all the promised land is, is a different wilderness. This time it's got really, really big fruit, which is awesome, uh, but really, really big flipping giants. And that means that I have to war in a way that I've never warred before. Wilderness warring is real different. Wilderness warring is like survival warring. Promised land warring, well, that's like giants holding on to your promise and you've got to not be able to lose yourself. And sometimes in warring seasons, the best thing you can do is go back to the basics, which is what we did in episode one. <clears throat> now, when I was walking through this uh, warring, what I felt like God was saying was a warring season, I did a couple things. Let me go back. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a cough. Drink my coffee. <whistles> That's awkward for you guys listening. Um, that's fine. Anyways, um, what I felt, the first thing I did is uh, I wrote a book called 40. I felt like the Lord told me, first things first, you need to go look at the first 40 years and see what you actually learned so that we can maybe lay out what the next 40 years, God willing, are going to look like. I was like, sweet Jesus, I will do that. And then he told me, go read Ephesians 6, which is the famous chapter in the Bible about the full armor of God. And if you're going to go to war, you know what you need? The full armor of God. I was like, sweet, let's do this. And I went and I realized that the first half of the whole chapter is all about the basics. And so um, I immediately knew I wanted to do a podcast season on what it looked like to war well. And uh, so we talked about the basics, the basic things you need uh, in order to be uh, able to war well. And uh, they are to be obedient, uh, to be honoring, and um, what was this? Oh, to be kind. So important. You cannot war without kindness. And then the second thing was uh, I talked about how my brother is actually a drill sergeant. And after the guys go through basic in the army, they get sent to a training, like to actually train to do their job. Our job is to love God and love people. So sometimes God will walk us through a weird transition to train us, uh, whether it's a Red Sea moment that transitions us from an Egypt to a wilderness or a Jordan River that transitions us from uh, wilderness into a promised land. There is always purpose in a transition and there's always training in a transition. And so we talked a little bit about what we learn in training, what we learn in transitions, which is understanding his might and his power, surrendering, how the importance of surrendering our strength and the importance of protecting ourselves and what that actually looks like. And then we talked about the enemy. He's a grade A butthole, and I don't like talking about him. I say that in every episode, but it's the truth. I don't really want to talk about him. I don't give him credit for nothing. Anyways, I don't care. 
Point is, people like to blame the enemy. People like to blame the devil for uh, people issues. No, they're just broken people. It's, it's a whole, there's a whole thing. And then they, we blame the devil for our issues. No, that's a you thing. It's not, it's not the devil. And then um, what we don't do is we really don't realize the devil only really has one trick. And I talk all about that in episode three and how to bypass that. Episode four, I talked about the full armor of God. Once you've been through basic, once you've been through training, once you know who your actual enemy is, you need to put on the full armor of God to be able to understand the truth that you are walking in, the peace that is with you, uh, what you need to guard your heart with the breastplate of righteousness, uh, your perspective that you need to have with the uh, helmet of salvation, and then um, the shield of faith that you actually have to pick up that's heavy and that sometimes is easy to forget. And of course, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. These are the things you need in order to, for God to deploy you into war. But now what? Now you've been through basic, now you've been through training, now you understand who the enemy is, and now you're armored up, suited up. What now? What does battle ready look like? Battle ready looks like prayer. Yep. My last finale, I think, or one of the episodes, I think episode 9 of season 6 was all about prayer. So I'll be real, real honest with you. I was not happy after I read The Full Armor of God being in the warring season that I am. And this thing that the Lord says to do right after you're suited up is to pray. I was like, Jesus, this is, this is a bit of a um, broken record at this point. And um, I would really like you to maybe give me something else. And he said, well, I would just really like you to continue to pray. And I was like, okay. So let me read you what I read. It's in Ephesians 6, 18. It goes through all, it's awesome. It's like, it's a basic training. Everything is awesome. This is the enemy. He's a butthole. And uh, this is what you need for the full armor of God. And then it says, pray always. Pray in the spirit. Pray about everything in every way you know how. And keeping all of this in mind, then pray on behalf of God's people. Keep on praying feverishly and be on the lookout until evil has been stayed. I'm like, Jesus, evil will not have been stayed until you come back. And he was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, so that means all you want me to do is just pray. Like, I'm standing here. I've been through basic training. I'm ready to fight the giants. Like, I'm ready to go. I want my promise, Lord. I want my fruit. Let's go. And he's like, mm-hmm. I just want you to stand there and pray. What? You want me to stand here and pray? I'm suited up. Put me in, man. Give me. I have a sword. Like, I'm ready to go. Shh, shh. I just want you to sit there and pray. And as I began to get frustrated, I was completely reminded of the fact that God had already said, yo, we already won. Why are you fighting? I think so many times we walk into situations, we walk into circumstances ready to fight, but the battle's already been won. God already won the battle. You're fighting with someone, you're frustrated with a certain situation. Like if you would just choose love, if you would go back to the basics and put those things in front of you, you would find you really just, you should have just prayed. You should have just stopped. You should have just sat still and known he was God. I know this because this is what I'm currently walking through. I find myself in a season of prayer, of seeking, of constantly uh, throwing it back to him because I need him. I need him more than I've ever needed him before in my life. Yeah. Pray always. Pray in the spirit. Pray about everything in every way you know how. So let's break this down. This is what battle ready looks like, my friend. This is how you wore well. Suited up, ready to go. Number one, you pray always. I wrote down constant communication. 
You know, I said in episode one that the first thing, the simplest thing that you got to do is be obedient to God in the small things. And I wrote here that the small yeses of obedience are easy when you bring God in consistently into every single small detail of your life. Included in every, your every day. Including your every day. Right? So what does that look like? I get up in the morning and my husband's so awesome. He's like, Lord, he immediately starts praying. Lord, thank you for this day. He, before his feet hit the ground, he's already thanking God for the day, thanking God for whatever's going to happen, that the day is his. It's like a constant reminder for me to, to be like, just bring God immediately. At the minute you get up, Holy Spirit, have your way. God, you are king of this day. Lord, I give, my mom used to say, before you get off the bus at school, give God your day. And I remember I'd be riding the bus. Like a super hood rat, dressed like a hood rat, because I was a bit of a hood rat in high school. Whatever, mind your business. I looked like a chonga. And I would quiet, so nobody would see me. I would just kind of like, you know, be up against the window in the bus. First of all, you're not cool if you ride the, never mind, forget it. If you ride the bus, you're fine. You're a good person. I was just a senior riding a bus. Anyways, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I remember sitting there on the bus and being like, Lord, I give you my day. Lord, I surrender my day. And as, as stupid as I felt as a kid doing it, um... I do it as an adult. Lord, I give you my day. Lord, I always give you my day. Um, when we were little kids, uh, we went to a school uh, where we got beat up a lot. There's a whole lot to this story, but I'm just going to give you a tidbit, okay? And uh, I remember we got beat up and we were running home. My grandma met us. And the very next morning, uh, the, the kids got in trouble that did it. They, got ex- they got, didn't get expelled. They got um, uh, suspended. And as uh, we're getting ready for school, we look out the window and the kid that beat up my brother is walking around the neighborhood because he lived in our neighborhood. And so my grandmother, being the gangster that she is, invited the kid in to have breakfast with us. We're like, he just beat us up yesterday, like took our money, like beat us up. She invites him into our house. (laughs) She invites him into the house. Then she's like, we're like completely mortified, mortified. Then she's like, talks my mom in to f- taking him to school with us. So here we are, stuck in this little car with the kid that beat us up. First of all, he's suspended. He's not even supposed to be there. Also, where are his parents? That <laughs> They just let him into a house to eat pancakes with a strange family. So then in the car, my mom's like, all right, guys, it's time to pray. Lord, we give us a day. Like, she didn't care that our enemy was sitting there. She didn't care. No, they fed him. They put him in the car. They didn't care. They were just going to pray. And I mean, now I look at that. As a, first of all, craziness. <laughs> but I always look back at that moment. That's like, would I be gangster enough? In the middle of war, in the mid, right next to my enemy, right next to the people that hate me, that don't like me, that talk ill about me, to pray, to invite them in for a meal, to be kind, to honor. And I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I mean, my God, we took the poor kid to school. He had to walk home because he was suspended and not supposed to be there. But I'll never forget it. Like... It's caused me to always be in communication with God. Like, Lord, what do you want to do today? Like, I'll drive to work. And the days that I'm alone, I just pray, God, what do you want this day to look like? Lord, what do you want me to read? What do you want me to read in the Word today? Like, 
I never really truly know where God's going to take me in the word. I always ask him. I'll sit most days. He'll be like, just read a Psalm, read a Proverbs. Hey, we're in Corinthians. Let's stay in Corinthians. You know, I have a book, a, a notebook that I write all my notes. And sometimes it'll be, God will be like, just throw a curveball. I'll be like Joshua something or, you know, Genesis, whatever. And I'm like, really? And I'll go. And it's like exactly what I needed in that moment. And it's because I'm in constant communication with him. I'm interruptible. Like, are you interruptible in battle? Are you so worried about the battle or are you interruptible? What you don't know is that I recorded three days of these podcasts before today. Three days of 10 podcasts. And um, last night I looked at my husband frustrated after I had recorded all of them. And I said, I still feel like something's not right. I feel like these are going to be really significant, but I've, and he said, what do you feel like God wants you to do? And I said, I think I'm only supposed to do five and I'm supposed to rewrite them. And he said, then do five and rewrite them. And I recorded all of these podcasts now and I rewrote them, but it's because I was interruptible. This is a real different season than it was two days ago. But I believe that there's people out there that need to know this, that that are at war and they're swinging their swords when they should just be being still and being in a constant communication and prayer with the Father. God, what do you want to do today? God, I'll be interruptible. God, what do you want to do? Is there somebody I need to talk to? God, do I need to go upstairs, go downstairs, go to the studio, take a walk? What do I need to do? Lord, make me interruptible in times where everything is going nuts and there's things being thrown. Lord, I am completely covered in the full armor of God. You can send me out. Send me out, God. Send me to the front lines. Because I know that all I got to do is be in constant communication with you and everything's going to be okay. The second thing, pray in the spirit. What do you pray when words aren't enough? I tend to get very overwhelmed in life. I'm one of those people that leads on, that lend, is more catastrophic. Like if things start going awry, I, um, I immediately go to like worst case scenario. Maybe it's because of how I grew up as a kid. My sister's a lot like that. My brother's a lot like that too. Um, But uh, I always kind of... So when I'm praying, you know, I'm in constant communication with God. But there are moments, like recently, where like, I don't have the words. Like, I don't have the words. God, I don't know what to do. When I don't know how to pray, I let my spirit do the talking. Chaudi, what does that mean? For churched people, Christianese would be like praying the Spirit. For people that don't go to church a lot that might be listening to this or new Christians or maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you thought I Crying Corners was a joke and you somehow found this. When I say pray in the Spirit, I mean sometimes when I don't know what to pray, I let my spirit pray. I quiet myself. I'll have like worship music on and I'll just spend time in his presence. I'll sit in silence. I'll pray in my prayer language. It's like I stop thinking and stop talking and I just let every bit of my soul pray. As weird as that sounds. I know it sounds weird, but it's not weird. And um, it's in those moments where I, I feel his comfort and I feel his closeness. I feel God's closeness. And I feel how near He truly is to me. And I think that God wants us to pray in the Spirit when we're in battle. When we're war ready. Because 
it shows how close he actually is. It's like it removes the fog of the enemy and you realize he's this close and he was this close the whole time. Sometimes in war, you just got to be still, right? Be still and know that he is God. And in moments where everything is crazy and things are so loud, I quiet myself and I allow my soul, I allow my spirit, you know, heaven does a deep calling to deep is what it what it what in the bible is what it says and the deep vastness of my soul longs for the deep and vastness of heaven and i just want to be near him and the way that i do that in moments of war in times where i'm in battle where i feel like oh, i'm dodging bullets i let my spirit do the talking and then thirdly Pray always, pray in the Spirit. And third, it says, pray about everything in every way you know how. You got this. <laughs> Do you. Just talk to God the way you talk to God. Yeah, like, I don't have a special prayer voice. I'm not like, Lord, thou thast. I'm like, yo, I talk to God the way I talk to you. Lord, this is stupid. I'm going to punch this person in the face. They got about one more time, Lord. Um, hey, Jesus, feel free to step in anytime right now. And Jesus will be like, hey, stop talking to me like that. And I'll be like, my bad. Um, but I talk to God the same way I talk to you. Like, I don't... I talk to God the same way I talk to my husband. There's, he knows me. Why do I got to put on a pretense of holiness when he knows I just said a word five minutes ago? Like, he knows me. Nobody knows me the way he knows me. He knows you better than you know you. So, like, just talk to him normal. Pray about everything in every way you know how. Pray about everything. Pray about the things that you think are stupid that nobody else wants to know about. Process with God. You know what? You'll stop processing with the people you shouldn't be processing your problems with when you process your problems with God. That was for someone. Straight up, though. Stop processing with everybody and their mother. Start processing with God. Pray about everything in every way you know how. You got this. I have a friend who's always like, you got it. You got it. This is you. This is you. Pray in every way. You know, um, when I don't know really, honestly, when I'm praying, I always start with the, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, Jesus said this is how to pray. So sweet. You want me to pray like that? I will pray like that. And I use that kind of as my guide, and then it's my launching point. So imagine you're, you're about to go to war. You're on the cliff. You see all the crazies. Everyone's bad. It looks like Lord of the Rings slash Game of Thrones. And um, some of you were just like, Game of Thrones? I've never seen it. You shouldn't then. Don't worry about it. Um, you're going to have to Wikipedia through a good seasons one through three. It's, it's a whole different problem to have. Anyways, um, <laughs> imagine you're at war, dude. And you're watching it all go down. And the only thing you really need to do is just pray. And before you step down anywhere, it's our Father who art in heaven. God, you're so holy. Holy are you, God. Like, start with that. Start there. I know there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that are in ministry, like work for a church. And I think what happened to me in my late 20s, early 30s, I had been in ministry for so long at that point that like prayer to me seemed like something I did on a Sunday or I did in a staff meeting. It no longer became something that I did in my everyday life. It was something that I did at work. It was part of my work. My loving Jesus became part of my work instead of part of my life. So I would just I would just throw that as a cautionary tale to somebody out there that is loving Jesus for a living 
Loving Jesus should be uh, everything, everything that you are, regardless of what your job looks like. And um, if you're in ministry and you don't have an extravagant prayer life, I would just caution you and say, be careful. Because how do you follow Jesus if you don't actually talk to him? And that's for all of us. Number four, pray on behalf of God's people. That's what it says. Pray on behalf of God's people. 18. Let me read it again just for funsies. Pray always. Pray in the Spirit. Pray about everything in every way you know how. And keeping all this in mind, pray on behalf of God's people. Keep on praying fervently and be on the lookout until evil has been stayed. Pray on behalf of God's people. Guys, I like lists, as you can see. I like lists. And so because I like lists, I have a prayer list. Yep, because 1983 called and they want their prayer list back. No, dude, I have a prayer list and it's literally three things. Ready? One, people who I want to punch in the throat. I usually start there. This is why. God ain't going to listen to my prayers if I'm just like hating on people. You know what I'm saying? Forgive those trespasses. Those forgive those trespasses against me. You know that thing? Like, so Lord, forgive me if... I want to punch this person in the throat. If I've done anything, Lord God, that is bad, or I have offended them in some way, Lord, show me. Like, those are the things I pray first. Before, after I talk about how holy and awesome and how thankful I am for his awesomeness, for hooking me up and just being God and being amazing, I usually go down this list. Lord, is there anyone I've offended? If so, forgive me. Give me an opportunity to apologize. Also, I want to punch them in the throat. So please help me not be offended. And I go through my throat punching list. And then after my throat punching list, I go into the people I love. Lord, thank you for my husband. He's so awesome. He's so handsome. I love his accent. Lord, thank you for my sister, my brother, my parents. Like I go through my niece and my I go through all, all my friends, the people that I love, who God has brought into my life. I like was crying a minute ago and now I got weird stuff happening. Okay. What is happening? Oh my God. Please hold. Okay, here we go. I pray for the people that I love. I go through a whole list, Lord, and I just thank God. I'm just thankful. Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for their laugh. Thank you that they called me today. Thank you, God, that you have them in my life. Thank you that they're a reach up, somebody who I can reach up to, God, who's speaking wisdom over my life. Um, and I go through that list. And then thirdly, I, pr I pray for, um, I don't remember, what did I write here? Oh, hmm. I pray for the people that I somehow influence. I pray for you. I pray for my team. I pray for the people that I encounter at work. I pray for the people that I'll meet in a coffee shop. And I go, God, don't let me miss it. Um, don't let me be a bad example. That scares me more than anything. In doing the podcasts and preaching, you know, this this summer I'll be spending some time preaching at youth conferences. I have a couple of conference, youth conferences coming up. Nothing scares me more than talking to the next generation because they're the ones who one day will be running the show. And that means that there's somebody there that... Um, We'll remember, I know, I remember stuff from youth camps that I'll never forget for the rest of my life that has led me into certain things and I understand the importance of it and I, it weighs heavy on me. And so I pray for that. God, I don't pray for God give me more influence. I don't pray for God give me a bigger platform. I don't pray God let the, let the I Cry in Corners have this many followers, this Lord expand my, no, I don't pray any of that. I just pray for the people I love. I pray that I'll be a good example. And I pray that I'll be a good steward of whatever he gives me. So, because at the end of the day, that's his will. His will is for me to pray in the spirit, pray, be connected to him, pray always, pray for his people. Love God, love people. And so how do you war well? You do it by praying. Be completely armored in the full armor of God. 
keep the basics, stay trained up. Enemy is a and um yeah, pretty much. It ain't it ain't a people problem, guys. Don't blame people. The enemy's real. Um and yeah, that's how you war well. And uh we're all at war in some way. It says here at the end of it to pray until evil has been stayed. Evil ain't going to stay until you hear them trumpets one day. Oh, that rhymed. Haha. <laughs> I sound like MC Hammer. Um, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Or if it is, um, I don't know. We'll see. I, no one knows. But until, it, until them trumpets sound and them clouds open up or whatever it looks like. I don't know. I'm not a theologian. Um, I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to continue to war and believe God for my promises. And... Uh, do like they did in Jericho. You know that story in the Bible where they get to this city and instead of breaking down the walls and throwing bombs and stuff, I don't know, I don't know what weapons they had then. The gods like walk around, walk around the walls of Jericho. It was like super intense so walls, super tall, I mean super tall like uh, walls that surrounded this incredible castle thing and so here you are, the people of Israel are just circling them in silence. Just circling. Can you imagine the people on the wall of Jericho? Like, what the heck is going on? And then at one point, God said, stop. And shout. And all of a sudden, these slaves, these people that had been in the wilderness, these people who had nothing, who were nothing, but they were gods, began to shout. And the walls fell. Guys, that's who our God is. We don't have to do anything. We just got to pray. The walls are going to fall. The enemy's going to fail. And there will be a day where you're going to walk into your promise. And the giants are just going to be like, you got this. Because you did exactly what you needed to do. You functioned in the basics. You understood your training. You were completely covered in the full armor of God. And you walked around the walls knowing all you need to do is just pray. Yep, that's it. Season 7. That's a wrap. Go war well. Go love people. Go be good stewards of the people God's given you. And, um, yeah. Oh, can we keep in touch? Hello at iCryingCorners.com. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Instagram, uh, on the Facebooks if you want. Um, what else? Oh, I have, I have resources, dude. I have a book called Nomad. It's all about um, how to navigate wilderness seasons. Uh, you can find it at iCryingCorners.com or on Amazon. I also have a free devotional that I want to give you. Uh, if you go to my website and you sign up for my mailing list, you get the free 10-week devotional that goes along with my book. I also have a free brand new book um, called 40, uh, which was kind of was the um, catalyst for this season of the podcast. And um, I'd love to share it with you. It's a 40-day devotional. So my 40 years, 40 days of your life, we walk through it together. And um, yeah, I love you so very much. I pray for you. I think about you guys. Um, and I believe that in this season, the giants, they're going to flee. They're going to run. And those walls are going to fall because we are a family that knows how to war. All right. I love you, weirdos. Pretty much.